0: Money FM 89.3, best of workday afternoon.
1: Market View on Money FM
0: 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome to Market View Wrap on Money FM 89.3. I'm Clarissa Montero in the studio by myself today because JP Ong, our Finance Analyst is on the phone, as is Candice Lee, Market Analyst from the SGX. Must have been my new perfume. I don't know why they're not here, but they aren't. They're on the phone. And it's on a day when the SDI is still showing a shade of red, despite the fact that I wore a very neutral blue T-shirt today. Did you know? I did. I, I actually did. The SDI down 0.7% to 3,379 points. There we have it. We slipped into the uh, 33 threshold, and apparently that's where we're going to stay for a while, JP.
1: Yeah, and uh, I think that today's loss is perhaps just taking everybody aback that even I myself decided to stay home out of mm-hmm. trepidation. <laughs> I did, but the Straits times index did finally fumble below that 3,400 level that it held on to, also gallantly and valiantly to over the last two 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 and a half or three weeks, 3,379 is where the STI sits now down about 25 points or 0.7% of the red. Value turnover, i think it's was par for the course. Not too big, not too small, just right. I get a normal, normal, uh, normal uh, tra- trading appetite today. 527 million Singapore dollars in total trades changing hands. And meanwhile, across the broader mid and cows, we're seeing more losers than gainers. About 209 stocks, trusts that are stuck in the red, and that's more than the 174 gainers. So the gap, actually, not as wide as we think on a day of a notable sell-off. But still, it is the red team that's holding court across the SGX in today's session. We shift our attention to the rest of the region, and despite the fact that we saw markets in Wall Street actually close in the green, we're still seeing a lot of worries at least hitting a fairly mixed sessions across the rest of the Asia-Pacific. The Nikkei 225 for instance, in Japan today, has risen by about 38.5 points, currently trading at 26,924 out in Tokyo. Let's go down to Sydney, Australia for a bit. And the ASX 200 down under also trading about 0.4% higher at 7,474 points. South Korea's cost, though, is in the red, but not by much. They're actually trading just about one and a half points lower in Seoul, slipping to 2,694. While the Taiwan waiting exchange also a gaining by about half percent, now to 17,256 points the Chinese markets are a bit split in today's session. Shanghai, gaining by about a quarter of a percent to 3,244 points, while we have Shenzhen down about 0.4% to 11,926. Meanwhile, we are also monitoring what's going on out in Hong Kong. The Hang Seng seems to have also gotten stuck in the mud, or stuck in the red mud, that is. Um, currently, we are uh, trying to uh, get, get the data here. Yes, um, the Hang Seng today trading about half a percent lower, falling 120 points to 21,600. And 89, and a lot of uh, this, this similar factors really being uh, digested by markets. Of course, you have the more hawkish turn by the Federal Reserve. And just two days after the Fed revealed in the most recent minutes that they are plotting a uh, significant shrinkage, at least, of their balance sheet. The economists at Deutsche Bank say that if they do shrink the balance sheet by about $2 trillion U.S. dollars, that would be akin to about 3 to four 25 basis point rate hikes from the Fed. And oh, we also mentioned that the Fed... Is said that they are ready and willing to act more aggressively to hike rates in, in order to uh, quell some of these inflationary pressures. Apart from that, we also have the ongoing conflict between Russia and Ukraine that continues to hit markets. That's the only bright spot, at least for motorists today, is that we're seeing that oil prices have started to come down. Brent crude and WCI now falling below $100 a barrel. Well, Brent crude starting to ease. It's exactly it. That's exactly 100 U.S. dollars a ballot for Brent Crude, WTI falling to $95.75. This after the IEA announced that they will also be releasing a significant amount of oil from the strategic reserves to try and quell these higher oil prices, of course, the, uh, the uh, conflict between Russia and Ukraine is still ongoing. Russia being removed from the Human Rights Council. They said, no, you can't fire me. I quit. Um, and uh, so many other things really to a step apart also from the COVID-19 surges out in mainland China that's also ca- casting questions about the health of the world's second largest economy. A lot of this perhaps just caving investors, at least here in Singapore, a reason to take a step back. We take a a quick survey at least of the STI and the blue chips all receding today. DBS for one falling and dropping by a whopping 2.6% to $34.41 per share. OCBC also down by about 0.3% to $12.21. We're trying to find UOB shares here on on the uh, right here. And so far, UOB trading just at about uh, 0.4% of the red at $31.62. As we've noted before, whenever the three banks uh, take a step back, that's about 40% or of the FDI total weighting, and usually it does pull the, uh, the benchmark down alongside it. And, of course, we are also uh, just days away from the release of the uh, of the Singapore's advanced first quarter GDP figures and the MAS's policy statement. So a lot really to tackle and to perhaps absorb over the next coming days and perhaps keeping investors a bit more cautious today that's costing some to just take a little bit of a step back, as we've seen. However, that step back has pulled the SDI below 3,400.
0: Well, that, you know, it was bound to happen. We, we're not alone in the region. If you look in the region, it's pretty mixed today. Yesterday was just a sea of red. But the uncertainty has made its way into market sentiment. We bring Candice Lee into the conversation. Candice, from the SGX, give us an overview of the week. Give us some perspective. Sure, sure
1: yeah.
2: I mean... Yes, SDI has been down today, but it's actually in line with most of the global indices as well. I think for the week, uh, SDI has shifted off about close to one percent, uh, you know, lower risk appetite in general. But within the SDI, some of the biggest movements for the week have been some industry city developments, and Yalcuxiang. Together, I think they averaged about 4% gains this week. On the other hand, uh, DBS, FLCT, SD engineering, they've averaged about also 2 to 3% of declines. Now, this brings SEI's year-to-date growth returns to close to 9% this year, uh, with 24 out of the 30 constituents still generating positive total returns. We are still the best performer among the market at this point. And you know, we've also outpaced the FTSE APEC index, as well as the FTSE World Index. We've both uh, generated about you know, 75% respective gains, uh, respective declines um, this year. Right. and In terms of fossils, uh, we are seeing institutional investors returning to the market. Uh, this net bought over $1 billion in the year to date. Some of the sectors that they have been buying into, telcos, financials, uh, consumers, uh, some of the top sectors by net. Uh, on retail investors, uh, on the other hand, They have been net sellers of the Singapore market this year. And it's close to uh, 1.1 billion Singapore dollars this year, reversing from the 2 billion of retail net buys that we've seen last year. Now, while retail investors have been net selling on the external market, uh, on a spec sector perspective, REITs. Was one of the only sectors that received net retail inflows this year. And this was also adding on to the 1.4 billion of retail net inflows we've seen last year. So this year, REITs received about 160 million of net buys from retail clients uh, this year. Of course, not just retail investors, REITs have also actually been the recipient of net institutional inflows from uh, institutional investors uh, since February, two months ago. And this was riding on the global reopening theme that we've been seeing. Uh, We've seen some significant rotations over here, um, diversified reads, hospitality reads in your office, Reads, they've received close to 150 million uh, of in institutional net inflows this year. On the other hand, industrial REITs have saw some significant institutional outflows at about 175 uh, million Singapore dollars. So in terms of performance, top performers for REITs were dominated largely by hospitality REITs with the ongoing reopening theme. And among the five SGX-listed hospitality REITs, four of them has exposure to the Singapore market and they have averaged about 15% total returns this year. Well, um, well, you know, these hospitality REITs, they've seen some significant price runs this year. It is also perhaps interesting to note that they are all still trading below book. And valuations have yet to return to pre-COVID levels. And, you know, when we speak of, you know, the reopening team and COVID, we've seen the, you know, government policies on COVID restrictions, you know, going back and forth in the past, right? But now many analysts, companies, they are very optimistic about the government's commitment to reopening in the long term. A few few observations on on why is this, right? Number one, there's regional alignment. Singapore, we are not doing this in silo, right? Our reopening schedule is much aligned with the momentum of the region and the world. I mean, recently we've seen India Uh, lifting post-arrival testings. South Korea allowing fully vaccinated travellers to go without quarantine. Uh, Our neighbour Malaysia is also open to international travels now. Even Taiwan is also looking to start easing some of the restrictions soon. In terms of daily cases, global daily confirmed cases have come down to 1.24 million on Wednesday. And this is just 35% of the peak that we've seen in January where daily cases were really high at 3.4 million uh, per day, right? And uh, rather than, uh, aside from the regional alignment, there's also government commitment uh, with cases coming down, companies, they're also gearing up to embrace the return to normalcy and they're very optimistic about it. So for instance, CDL Hospitality Trust has said that you know they believe one of the strongest signals that Singapore is remaining committed to reopening is the Tourism Board's announcement a while back that they're going to sign a new seven-year deal to continue the Formula Race, uh, Formula One race over here, and the upcoming one is scheduled for early October this year. I mean, aside from Formula Formula One, uh, STB also announced this week that it has earmarked close to half a billion dollars to support the tourism recovery to bring back uh, travelers back you know, as the uh, pandemic uh, comes under control. In terms of uh, international travels, right, you, know, you speak of tourism, I'm sure a lot of people are so starting to plan your overseas holidays again. Uh, SIA is expecting passenger capacity to reach about 57% of pre-COVID levels by this month. And this is up from 44% that they've uh, announced in February. And in fact, Changi Airport, you know, passenger movement data, we've seen some uptakes in recent months. And even the Terminal 2 is set to be open in phases this year, as the number of travellers passing through the airport is also expected to increase the uh, coming months. And if we turn our eyes, you know, third, third point, we turn our eyes back into the domestic market, right? from aside side, within Singapore, the recent announcement of uh, easing COVID matches is also potentially a positive inflection point for our local uh, retail and food and beverage uh, place, right? and uh, more people are able to die in as the living of restrictions on the sale and consumption of alcohol after ten thirty. And we're seeing like clubs and KTVs is slowly. I wanted to just touch the last point uh, with uh with with observe, right? It's not to forget the office because you now up to seventy five percent of workers can return to office. The media areas again like, which is you not know, getting difficult to foresee during one. Uh, in some question long term utility or value of office buildings, companies are transitioning to hybrid working arrangements. But if you look at the numbers, on the contrary, uh, in the first quarter of this year, grade A office rent in Singapore, CBD, has seen its highest pace of growth in past year. Rental rates have also recovered by um, 6.9% from the lows that we've seen uh, in the first quarter of last year.
0: Okay, so what you're basically saying is the glimmers of hope would be with the property plays, with the retail plays, with uh, the tourism plays, the travel plays. Uh, let's see what else did she say? IFMB. JP, how is my favorite restaurant doing today?
1: What is your favorite restaurant? It seems to change
0: <laughs> every day. <Right>. No, <laughs> well, not all of them are listed. We've got no sign border and, and uh, is, is no sign
1: well, yes. well, Let's see. Let's talk about Jumbo first before you and jump in. I was going to say <laughs> There you go. Jumbo is a flat, actually, about 30 cents per share. It's unchanged in the day session, although they are seeing a little bit of, of, of uh, well, just actually meager turnover. Only about $40,000 in the total value turnover for Jumbo. We take a look at no signboard. And let's see, no signboard today. Um, let's see, no signboard. Just, just typing things out here. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's no, no activity actually on, the, on there. And also, I think there's some big questions, actually, about uh, about uh, about uh, re- re- reopening, because a lot of people do think that it's a bit of a double-edged sword for F and B operators. On one hand, you're not going to bemoan the fact that th- that restrictions have been eased. You might see an influx of tourists and patrons coming back and patronizing their establishments once, once again and helping them restore sales. But on the other hand, there is a big question about a labor crunch at the moment. When whoever you talk to, F and B operators for the most part have been starting to at least to scratch their heads and shifting to the next crisis point with quotation marks, which is where are we going to find enough labor actually to meet some of these demands? We talked to different S&B operators also. I mean, just finding uh, you know your staff, for instance, to help meet the, the, uh, the restored demand from the global reopening will be a question mark and could also play into higher expenses for them. So I think this is going to be a very delicate time for S&B operators because, on one hand, you've got this huge opportunity from the reopening, but on the other hand, you also have these possible risks coming from higher, um, higher, co- higher labor costs and possible staff shortages because it's, it's it's going to take a while before you actually seamlessly with that restored. But then again, as we know, sometimes crisis has opportunity with it, right?
0: Well, as long as um, I can go to either Jumbo or New Sign Board and and they haven't raised <laughs> the prices of crabs, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do we have next week?
2: Um, okay, I think, um, you know, if we just come back to the quick point on, on, you know, F&B and the reopening, right? I think, you know, while we take note and all the signals are saying that we are on track for normalization, reopening, you know, um, it's, it's here to stay um, and it will continue to be a driving factor. Right? But in this case, I think also good to note for investors to still stay prudent because there are still global and macro uncertainties out there. Like you mentioned, inflation, you know, food prices are increasing. There's rising interest rates and even the ongoing Russia, uh, Ukraine, war. I mean, these are all factors that we have to take note uh, into account. So going forward next week, right, um, we are looking out for, you know, um, earnings season that is coming. Um, maybe not next week, but in the next uh, two to three weeks, right, uh, first quarter earnings releases are scheduled slowly to come in. Analyst forecast for the STI's uh, earnings growth has for this FI had been at the close of, you know, about 10% growth this year and i think our eyes will be on the earnings impact this quarter from the ongoing war that is happening as well as the regionals reopening boost to see what would the earnings impact be for for this uh for this year and also i think uh next week we are also looking at singapore GDP data as well as the mas april monetary uh statement right so a lot of these are uh, numbers to to look out for jp did mm-hmm. you miss anything
1: well, I think I uh, was just looking further out overseas. We also have key data from the, from China on Han Han, the producer price index. We're going to see how factory gate prices in China have been impacted. They tend to show higher inflationary pressures compared to consumer prices on the mainland. And we'll see if authorities have done enough to actually address that. And if they can address that because of the high commodity prices that we're seeing and the volatile commodity prices that we're seeing at the moment. China's China, trade numbers also drew out next Wednesday. And another interesting thing also, of uh, touched on retail sale, on, on, uh, on earnings, that is, my apologies. And out on Wall Street, we will start to see U.S. earnings season really pick up in earnest. And that's because on Wednesday next week, we will see the likes of BlackRock and J.P. Morgan kick off earnings season. And you'll see the banks in the U.S. once again sort of start things off. Um, also just the ECB, the European Central Bank, they're going to make their policy decision next Thursday also. And very interesting to see how they will react to some of these inflationary pressures that are now being complicated by Russia's invasion of Ukraine. As we, as we've seen, European markets, European consumers among the most vulnerable actually to some of these price spikes. And we'll see what President Christine Lagarde and her group of friends decide to do uh, when they make their decision on Thursday night.
0: All right, the STI still in the red. No miracles have happened in the last 20 minutes. Down 0.7 percent to 3,380 points. 20 points <laughs> off the 3,400 threshold. I'm Clarissa Montero. I'm joined on the phone by finance presenter JP Ong and Candice Lee, market analyst from the SGX. This has been Market View Wrap on Money FM. 89.3.
1: Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.